Good morning to each one of you and greetings in Jesus' name. It's been a little while since I shared here at Bethany because of some circumstances and events. And I think the last time I shared the, the parable of the, the vine dresser, the husbandman, and I was reading, reading an article this week, um, and it was entitled, The Fruit of the Spirit. And so I wanted to share from that this morning, and some thoughts I gained from this article, some thoughts I feel like the Lord directed, and so um, we want to give God the glory for anything that is shared and so I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Our text verse is Galatians chapter 5, verses, verses 22 and 23. The title of the message this morning is The Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Fruit grows. And again, I shared this, some of these thoughts a little bit on, in, our, in the last message and so I want to build upon that. Fruit grows, it's not something that just happens. In order to have fruit, you need to have that plant. And to have that plant, you need to have a seed. And typically that plant starts from a seed. Sometimes from cuttings, sometimes from other means. But in order to have fruit, you need to have that plant. In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus was speaking. And he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus was saying this. Surely, surely, I am telling you this except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. A seed of faith is planted. Somewhere along the way in your life, a seed of faith was planted. It was planted in your mind and in your heart. It may have been through the preaching of the Word, through a spoken word, through a life of obedience. There have been many people that through observation, they have spoken truth into my life just by observation, by watching them. Through the drawing power of God the Father, through the Holy Spirit. And there may be other ways that that seed of faith has been planted and will be planted. And this text verse that we're looking, verses that we're looking at today speak volumes around us to the lost. And this, this, these two verses talk about the fruit 
of the Spirit that we cannot obtain on our own. This fruit of the Spirit, and if you'll look at those verses, that word Spirit is capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit. That one part person of God the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three beings working in our lives and in the lives of many people. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 13. This is the parable of the sower. And this is going to refer back to verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 24 of John chapter 12, where Jesus said, Except a wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And as we look at these verses of the parable of the sower, this is a very familiar passage. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, it says, And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon the stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. That's what I want to look at today. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. These are, these are fruit that are brought forth out of our lives because of what God has done in transforming us. Some an hundredfold, and some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is speaking to us in this parable, and he is saying, Listen up, people. This is what I have to tell you. Because we all are like the, this ground. Some fell by the wayside. And we see that around us. We see the seed sown. And we see that sometimes that seed is just doesn't take root. And fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell in stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up. But then the sun scorched them. The cares of this world drug that away. And some fell among thorns, and thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell among good ground. How is the ground of your heart, your life this morning? Inside a kernel of grain is a little embryo. And this embryo is lying there, ready to spring to life. And with the right conditions, 
with the right amount of moisture, with the right amount of heat, with the right amount of sunshine, with the right conditions, this life will begin. And as, as a farmer, for each one of us that are farmers, each year we plant that seed in the earth. And by faith we recognize that God in His intricate design, His beautiful, marvelous design, created that seed to sprout and to bring forth life. And we also recognize that some of those seeds are going to be placed in that earth and they're going to be eaten up by an insect or a rodent or something else like that. We also recognize that some of those seeds are going to lie in that ground and rot away because it doesn't have the right conditions, the right circumstances for that life to begin and grow. And we see that life cycle. Getting ready and chopping corn this fall. We planted that corn early this spring. We've watched it grow even in the drought of the summer. We watched it grow. Did it produce as much as last year? Probably not. And we don't know that yet because it's not all in. But we see that life cycle. The life beginning, the growth, the maturing, the bearing of the fruit. And then the ending of that life. But the death is not what we're looking for. We are looking for the fruit. We are looking to what that thing has increased. That one small seed. Lying ready to spring to life. And for each of us, we cannot grow fruit without the right circumstances, without the right conditions, without the right input. It says in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. It doesn't say the fruit of mankind, but it says the fruit of the Spirit, part of the Godhead. Something that has grown by a higher power. And it is not by what we do. In Romans 3, 10 through 18, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Are you there? They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps under, is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In our old nature, we are there. In our old nature, there is none righteous. No, not one. And it gives, an it gives a description of what those people are full of. And as we look at those fruits of the Spirit, it is something that has grown by a higher power. And that power is the Spirit of God. 
But how does that spirit grow that power within these fleshly bodies? Without Christ, it can't happen. Without Christ, it is, there is no hope. Without the Spirit, there will be no fruit of the Spirit. And without faith, it is impossible. And we see that it says it is impossible to please God. So how do we fix it? How do we, re how do we remedy the problem? Ephesians 4, verse 22. Turn there with me if you will. How do we fix it? How do we remedy it? We die to the old man. We put away the old man. Ephesians 4 verses 22 and further. That ye put off concerning the former conversation. The old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That ye put on the new man. Which, is, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When our mind is renewed, we become new creatures in Christ. A new man, and it says, created in righteousness and true holiness. That is not something that we can do as human beings. It is a fruit of the Spirit of Christ changing this old man. Changing this old mind. And then planting something new. And that new planting is, is faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith will produce fruits as we allow God to work in our hearts. If we look back at our text verse, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is the first fruit mentioned here. The Greek word is agape, and it means affection or benevolence. It means to love much. And this type of love, again, I've shared this before, this type of love is demonstrated in that song, J-O-Y. Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. And when we recognize that our Creator, Savior, God, so loved the world... That helps us to put things in perspective. Recognizing that we need a Savior. Recognizing that God so loved the world. Recognizing that we need to put Jesus first. And we know those verses oh so well. For God so loved the world. And what should our response be in love in return? As we look at love. As we love. God naturally produces a love as, as we allow that spirit to rebirth love in our hearts. God's way. It naturally produces a love for His children. For your brother and sister in Christ. Is the love of God planted in your heart and growing? That is my prayer for myself, for each one of us. Is that love like that seed where it sends down a root for that life-giving water and it sends up those leaves 
to search for the Son. Is the love of God taking root or is it taking root in your heart, in your life? Is the love causing you to live a life of obedience? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Is the love of God flowing out of you by a life of obedience? Is that fruit of the Spirit causing you to live in obedience to God and His Word and then shining forth to those around you? Specifically, our, in our home, with our children, and then further out than that. You know, as I was looking at this word love, this word agape, there were many verses that were mentioned that talk about this type of agape love. And I wanted to share several of those verses with you. This is agape love, a love of benevolence, care. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth agape, he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. When you agape love those around us, we are fulfilling God's plan and design. Fulfilling the law. Galatians 5.14 For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do I have room to grow there? Absolutely. I'm preaching to myself. Colossians 3.14 And above all these put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. 1 Timothy 1.5 Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. Where do we get that pure heart? It does not come from the old man. It does not come from a natural act. It comes from the Spirit of God renewing our mind and our heart. Getting rid of that old man. And creating a new creature. Now the end of the commandment is this. Is charity out of a pure heart and of good conscience and of unfeigned faith. James chapter 2, verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. You're doing a good job. Time after time, God is speaking to us through His inspired word. We read it. It speaks to our hearts. And we, as we allow the Spirit, we grow thereby. As we allow the Spirit... Is the fruit of love growing, reaching down to root deeper and growing forth towards that light of the sun? And we could say the S-U-N and we could also say the S-O-N. Is our life reaching forth toward the sun, S-O-N? Galatians 5.22 but the fruit of the Spirit is joy. This word joy is, in the Greek, is chara. It is cheerfulness. It is calm delight. It is gladness. 
And it is from the root word chero to be cheerfully calm or well off. To be glad. To, gr to grant God speed. To have a joyful greeting. Is joy a part of your life? Is that a fruit of the Spirit that God is growing in you? And I have to confess that in the last year and a half, <clears throat> I have struggled maintaining joy in my life personally. My joy of loving God and serving others, it waned a bit. And you know what? God spoke to my heart about that. And I've had to come to Him confessing, making things right, and even sharing with others. And I have prayed and would continue to pray that the joy of the Lord will continue to grow and reach forth towards the Son, S-O-N, and reach forth to you, each one of you. And my prayer is for that to happen in your life as well. But like anything, it takes work, it takes perseverance, it takes the grace of God working in my heart, in your heart, rooting out that old man, that old flesh, those old thoughts, that mind in me, and renewing it with things of God. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace. Everybody is seeking peace. The word for peace is Irene. It's from the primary verb one. It means quietness. It means rest. I would imagine that today, you, most of you all will seek a moment of peace in rest. Quietness. But it also carries the thought of set at one again. Restore. Peace. Peace or rest is something that all of us want to experience. But that peace and rest must first start with our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a seed of faith where this peace starts. Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. And Romans 14, verse 19, Therefore, sorry, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify one another. And that goes back to that set at one. Quietness, rest. One, let us therefore follow after things which make for peace. When we have peace with God, it keeps our heart. It heals our wounds. And it causes us to rest. It causes us to rest in God and with others. And so I'll ask you, is there turmoil in your heart, in your life? 
seek peace. Seek it through faith in Christ. By grace are you saved through faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. Is there unrest with a brother or sister? Seek peace. Are you at peace? And if you are at peace, praise God for that changed heart, that changed mind. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. This word long-suffering means forbearance, fortitude, patience, leniency. It means patient endurance. It means steadfastness. It means perseverance. It is trusting in the promise that God made and then relaying that trust to others. It's forbearing, it's caring, it's having compassion. Do you have the grit in your being to endure patiently and trust God the Father that brings tough things in your life, in my life? Jesus said, I am with you always. He said, lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Do you believe that? I do. And even through the tough times, sometimes our focus gets off of God, off of Christ, and we tend to dwell on our own hurts and thoughts. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we need to trust. We need to care and we need to forbear. But the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. And this word gentleness is usefulness, excellence, goodness, kindness. Do you know someone in or around that shows gentleness in their life? These people are outstanding to me. Not only do you know of their gentleness, you know of their care and their compassion. Jesus, in His example, showed gentleness when He held those little children on His lap. I believe Jesus held them with gentleness. I believe with gentleness He made the lame to walk and the blind to see. I believe with gentleness He healed the sick and ministered to the hearts of people. And in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Is the Spirit of God working to perfect this fruit in your life. I'm glad God's still working on me. But the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. This word goodness means virtue. It means uprightness. It means a life or a heart of uprightness. 
And when we see that the, the rich young man came to Jesus, he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus' response was, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's God. And our goodness, our goodness is self-opinioned. And it is only by God's mercy, by His indwelling Spirit, that we can have our hearts cleansed and made righteous. Our response should then, through this, be to grow the fruit of goodness by looking to God, to His Word. Matthew 5.48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Can we be that? Not on our own. We are made perfect through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, all manner of lifestyle, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Can we be holy by our own efforts? Absolutely not. It is God that is our standard. It is His Word that is our guide. And it is only by that changing of our mind, getting rid of the old man, that we can have a holiness or a perfectness or goodness because of what God has done for us. And then the last, I'm sorry, the, the next one is faith. Faith is persuasion. It's moral conviction. It is truthfulness of God. It is a constancy in a profession. It is assurance. Faith. Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And Romans says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Hebrews 11 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, to, to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Faith is hope. And then hope springs forth to life eternal. And as growing fruit produces faithfulness in you and I, without faith, faithfulness, we will not see God. It says that very clearly. The fruit of the Spirit is meekness. And that refers to gentleness. It refers to humility. It refers to a mild disposition. Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The fruit of meekness, and I say this for myself, the fruit of meekness is kind of an elusive fruit. Because in the mind of man, we're right. And in our own righteousness we miss the part of humility of lowliness we miss that part 
in 1 Peter 5. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, gentleness, meekness, mild disposition. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then the last one. But the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. Against such there is no law. Temperance is where I struggle with some things. Temperance is self-control. And I don't know if you all struggle with anything in your life and self-control. Temperance is controlling that old man, the flesh that still lives. That we fight against daily. It's controlling our thoughts. It's controlling our tongue. It's controlling our attitude. It's controlling our appetite. It's controlling everything. Our brother read earlier from Romans 12. And I was blessed by his thoughts. Romans 12.1 It talks about what we need to do. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. It's not what we do. I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means we allow God to permeate our being and bring forth these fruits. That we present our bodies a living sacrifice. That we allow God to perfect holiness in us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Acceptable unto God. There is only one way to be acceptable unto God. And that is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I know that all of us know that. But is it really truth in my life? Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. It's a changing of the old man to the new. It's a changing of the old mind to the new. It's that new creature. It's that growing of those spirits. It's that root that goes down and the leaves that go up looking towards the sun. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We cannot grow these fruits except by the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. And so my challenge to each one of you and to myself, allow God to continue to mold you into His image, perfecting these fruits, getting rid of the old, taking in the new, that we may glorify God. God bless you.